Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa. No matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix and clean and customize it. Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident. McDonald Boneyard of Kyoto for all of your farm machinery and auto recycling needs. Hinshaw Trailer Sales in Richland, Iowa. They fix what they sell and don't in their full-time repair shop. Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna and Aaron's dealer. B&B Propane and the family of Jet Stops in Burlington, Salem Stub, New London, West Point, Denmark, Houghton, Bonaparte, Milton, Fairfield, and Birmingham present Southeast Iowa Today. I'm John Bain, author of Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On, and your host. On today's episode, I take you to Coralville, Iowa, and Governor Ron DeSantis, Governor of Florida Ron DeSantis, and uh, Republican primary presidential candidate Ron DeSantis speaks to the folks in Coralville, Iowa. You're going to get the whole thing unedited, including the press conference afterwards. Republican Party's best chance to beat Joe Biden in the radical Democrats in the 2024 presidential election. Yeah. 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 Governor Ron DeSantis. 
So we've uh, been doing a bus tour through Iowa the last few weeks. All the kids have been there. Uh, they've seen, um, before we started, we did the movie Field of Dreams, so they got to learn about that. We were at the Clayton County Fair last week, and we had time for my son and I to play catch by the cornfield. And he asked me, Daddy, is this heaven? I said, no, son, it's Iowa. Thank you all for to be here. We are going to send Joe Biden back to his basement in Delaware, where he belongs. going to be bringing cocaine into the White House, I can tell you that. Maybe some finger painting and some other stuff, but we, we can deal with that. That's not going to be much of a problem. We are in a situation, though, where our country is in decline. Economic decline, military decline, cultural decline. Uh, it is not going to be enough for Republicans to just manage this decline a little bit better than the Democrats. And I'm running for president because we have no other choice. We must reverse the decline of this country. Yeah. We must restore America. I'm <laughs> somebody that, uh, if they mention in the, in the bio or in the introduction, yeah, I'm a blue collar kid. I work minimum wage jobs to be able to get through school. Uh, but I did that and worked hard because I always thought in America, if you work hard and get the most out of your God-given ability, you can succeed in this country. And yet we see now the American dream is slipping away from millions and millions of Americans, and we have an obligation to restore it. I'm somebody that volunteered, uh, even though I put myself in a position to, uh, to make more money. Uh, after 9-11, I volunteered to serve uh, our country in uniform, volunteered to deploy to Iraq. We were in places like Fallujah and Ramadi. I was attached to uh, US Navy SEALs during a, a tough time over there. Uh, but I did that because you know I've always believed in service over self. And the ability to serve and wear the uniform of the greatest country in the world was something that I felt not only I had an obligation to do, but it was something that, that gave me a great deal of satisfaction because I appreciate what this country means. And yet, if you look now, um, our country is not strong like it used to. Our country is not successful like it's used to. And we need to revive American strength and we need to revive the spirit of the United States of America. You also saw our kids, my wife and I, you know, I'm a dad of a six, five, and three-year-old. We look at what's going on in our society and the targeting of children, uh, and we are able to say that is wrong. We cannot have a society And you need to be able to have leadership, you gotta have vision, and you gotta have the courage uh, to be able to get all this stuff done. And we've demonstrated that with what we've been able to accomplish in, in Florida, and we will deliver uh, as your president. We will reverse Bidenomics as soon as we get into the White House. If you look at what's going on with the whole inflation, inflation came in today, it was actually more than they thought. The media is trying to say, oh, it's pooling. Let me tell you this. The prices are not going down, okay? They may be going up a little less rapidly than a year ago, but they are not going down. And you're not gonna get the pre-COVID uh, prices back you know, on this current trajectory. And we're in this mess for a simple reason. Uh, the federal government, Congress, the Federal Reserve, they borrowed and printed and spent trillions and trillions of dollars starting in March of 2020. You can't do that and not expect uh, the bill to come due. Wouldn't it be great if all we had to do as Americans is print trillions of dollars and we could print our way to prosperity? We know that's not how it works. And so when you do those types of policies that they have done, that actually benefits the elites in Washington. Right now, five of the eight wealthiest counties in this country are suburbs of Washington, D.C. It isn't because they're producing very much of anything useful. Uh, it is because government uh, is acting in a way that benefits them, that benefits them, and causes the rest of Americans to pay the bill. And you're paying the bill in form of this higher prices and the inflation, which is effectively an invisible tax. And it's a tax that hurts poor people, working class people, middle class people, wealthy people end up doing okay with it. We are going to, on day one, take all the Biden regulations and executive orders 
and we are going to throw them in the trash can on January 20th. so he and his cronies can pursue their own agenda. Uh, and that doesn't work for the average American. Look, if you're in a situation uh, for our country, you have got to have it so that people who work hard, play by the rules, get the most out of their God-given talent, are able to raise a family, buy a home, buy a car, and do all those things. And if they can't do that, then this country isn't working. And it's not working right now, and we're gonna change that. Part of what we're gonna to have to do is, I as president, I'm not gonna permit Congress to spend this country into oblivion any longer. We are gonna fight back against the big spenders. We're gonna hold it You know, in Florida, we run budget surpluses every year, massive surpluses. We vetoed billions of dollars in wasteful spending. And since I've been governor, we've actually paid down almost 25% of the state's total debt accumulated throughout the entire history of the state of Florida. So don't tell me it can't be done. Another way to help the average American is to open up our energy production and become energy independent again. China wouldn't steal 
our technology. They claimed our manufacturing wouldn't move to China. They claimed it would make China more peaceful and more democratic. None of that has come to pass. Basically, the elites in our country have empowered our top adversary in the world, and they're now the second strongest economy in the world, and they have the second strongest military in the world. And on this trajectory, they are gonna pass our country by uh, within the next 10 years. And let me tell you, we need to be number one because that's that's the way we are as Americans, and we've got that attitude and moxie. But if China surpasses us, that will not just be something that they put on a bulletin board. That will affect the lives of every single American household because they will use their economic and cultural and political power to reduce our freedom. So we cannot continue to empower China. Uh, we need to do more critical things here in this country and having these workforce with the good skills, that's gonna make all the difference in the world. So we are gonna do that and it's gonna be good. We're also, look, as president, one thing about me, like I don't, will not tell you I'm gonna do something if I don't intend to do it. Uh, I don't believe in kind of, because there's a lot of people that'll say things and you know tell you what you wanna hear and then they get into office and they don't do it. Well, that's not how I roll. So uh, we are going to finally bring the issue of the southern border to an end when I become president. That will end with me. We're gonna declare a national emergency. We're gonna have military at the border. We're gonna shut the invasion down. If someone comes illegally, they're gonna get sent back to their home country. Yes, we will actually build a border wall. We will get that done. Probably the most important, I'll be the first president uh, who's been willing uh, to lean in against the Mexican drug cartels that are poisoning this country, that are trafficking humans into this country, and that are causing a lot of death and destruction. When they come to the border and they try to break into our country, uh, we're authorizing deadly force. They try to break into our country, they will end up stone cold dead. They're not killing We're also gonna bring a reckoning to the government for its COVID-19 lockdown policies. Because you had CDC, NIH, Fauci, all these people, they were wrong, they lied to the public, and they destroyed the lives of millions and millions of people. And you know, in Iowa and Florida, you may not have felt it as much because you have a great governor here who stood in the way, and I fought Fauci in Florida to keep our state free and open. But there are other parts of this country that weren't so fortunate. Kids were locked out of school for over a year. That's gonna have a generational impact in terms of learning loss. Individual rights were violated. People were forced to take a COVID vaccine at the cost of losing their job. And we blocked that in Florida, but that happened in other parts of this country. And nobody's been held accountable for any of this. Right. In fact, a lot of these people claim that they did a good job uh, with all of this. They didn't even, they weren't even honest about the virus coming from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They tried to cover that up as well because they funded the gain of function research. So this is a massive, disgusting medical swamp in Washington, D.C. We are going to bring a reckoning to it because we can never let this happen in our country ever, ever again. We're also going to understand as president that uh, we are in a philosophical battle with the ideological left in this country. Uh, leftism is taking over a lot of institutions in American life right now. It used to be they kind of had their little place in like Berkeley or these other universities. Now they're taking over corporations, the bureaucracy, all these other things. And what, what's really come up is this idea of woke ideology. And that's really driving them to do it. Some people say, don't worry about woke, that it's not necessarily a big deal. Well, first of all, uh, it's important that our policies and our society is rooted in the truth. Yeah. And woke really represents a re re rejection of truth itself. Do not tell me that a man can get pregnant and expect me to accept that. Because I will not. I will not have a society that accepts that. There's value in being rooted in the truth. The truth will set us free. But it's also the case when you look when 
this ideology overtakes uh, institutions, uh, it causes major, major damage. When things like ESG overtake parts of the economy, the average person will end up poorer as a result of that. When it overtakes education, you get indoctrination of students, the average student ends up dumber as a result of that. When it overtakes criminal justice, you see these prosecutors who say they're not gonna prosecute people, they're not gonna hold them accountable in places like Los Angeles and Chicago, and communities end up less safe uh, as a result of that. You know, in Florida, we just acted. We had a prosecutor in Orlando. She wouldn't prosecute cases. She's putting people out back on the street and they, this one guy shot two police officers uh, because he should have been in jail and he's out there. So I removed her from her post. I'm not gonna just sit there and take that. But if our country gets overtaken by a woke agenda, it will destroy this country. Every place this has been tried, whether it is San Francisco or Chicago or Illinois, all these places, um, it's destroyed those communities. You know how I know? Because the people that flee from there usually come to my state and they tell me about it. And they tell me how bad it was and they tell me how happy they are to live in the free state of Florida. And they come to Florida in part because we've made Florida the state where woke goes to die. They don't have to worry about it when they're in Florida. We need to make, as president, we need to make sure that this woke agenda ends up in the dustbin of history where it belongs. We also see some of this with what's happening in our military. And as a veteran, I have veterans now coming up to me saying they're not sure they would advise their kids or grandkids to join the military. Why? Because you see social experimentation going on. You see political agenda, woke ideology uh, getting into the military. People go to do training and they're being told, taught to do all these pronouns. Navy has a drag queen to recruit. You're just like, what is going on here? But there's a reason why recruiting is at a generational low. People want to join an institution uh, where everyone's banding together to serve a common purpose. They don't want to be a cog in the wheel of somebody's social agenda. So as Commander-in-Chief on day one, we are going to rip all the political agenda, the woke, the social stuff out of the military. Mission first. We are going to restore mission first. And you're going to see recruiting increase as a result of that. We're also going to restore integrity to our constitutional system. Our founding fathers designed a constitution with three branches of government. They did not create a fourth branch of government, an administrative state, a bureaucracy that moves over us, imposes its will on us without our consent and without accountability. Uh, one of the most important things in our society now, what kind of energy you can use, what kind of cars you can buy, even things like gas stoves. Although in Florida, we made, when New York was trying to ban it, we made gas stoves tax-free in Florida, so we're doing different. But all those things are being imposed, not by votes from your elected representatives in Congress, they're being imposed by nameless and faceless bureaucrats who you don't have the authority to vote out of office. So we need to return this government to its rightful owners which is we, the American people. And the reason why you have things like weaponization of, of government, weaponization of IRS, Department of Justice, uh, weaponization of the FBI, the founders would have predicted this. When you don't hold power constitutionally accountable, human nature being what it is, they are going to abuse their power. And so all these agencies for long, especially DOJ, FBI, and people said, oh, they're independent, the president can't be involved in them. That is nonsense. They report to the elected executive. And so as president, uh, I'm gonna hold those, uh, those agencies accountable. We're gonna get rid of the FBI director on day one. We're gonna clear out the Department of Justice. standard of justice again in this country. It is not acceptable that somebody like a Hunter Biden can get off with these sweetheart deals and all this turn the blind eye. If he were a Republican, he would have been in jail years ago. And we all know that and we all understand that. So we can't have that um, in this country. And so we will um, clean house 
and we will end the weaponization of federal power when I become president. So all this is great, and there's much more that we need to do, uh, but none of it matters if you don't win, and none of it matters if you're not able to convert on your promises and actually get it done. And with me as the candidate, uh, you're gonna have somebody uh, that will beat Biden. Why? Because you look at what we've done in Florida. I came in governor of Florida, our elections were decided by one point almost every time. Uh, people told me, bide your time, keep your head down, don't rock the boat, you may upset the political balance in the state and maybe you'll lose uh, going forward if, if, if you're too bold. Well, I threw, I threw that caution to the wind, I rejected the advice and we led boldly. Uh, proudly, and we got a lot done. Fast forward four years later, uh, we didn't win by less than 1%. We didn't win by a mere 32,000 votes. We won by 20 percentage points in over 1.5 million vote margin. That was the largest governor victory in the Republican Party history in Florida. And so we were able to bring together a supermajority of Floridians to, to rally around our state as the free state of Florida, uh, restoring common sense and sanity and all these different things. And I think there's a huge majority of Americans that want to go a different direction. I don't think they want to go and look back at the past. I think they want to focus on their future. And so if we make the election about holding Biden accountable for his failures and about our positive vision for how we're going to fix the country and reverse American decline, we are going to win the election and we are going to win the spit nails, take no prisoners, uh, and get all this stuff done. And I can show you that uh, most people that run for office over-promise and under-deliver. That's kind of the norm. Uh, we made very bold promises to the people of Florida when I ran. Uh, we delivered on those promises. In fact, we have over-delivered on our promises. Wouldn't it be nice to have somebody that actually over-delivers? And look at what we've done in the state. You know, we've expanded Second Amendment rights. We passed the heartbeat bill. Uh, we did universal school choice. We eliminated critical race theory in our K through 12 schools. We eliminated gender ideology and had to fight Disney and beat Disney to be able to make sure our kids We kneecapped ESG in the state of Florida. That is no, no more. Uh, we banned the imposition of a central bank digital currency, which they're trying to do. But I'm president, we'll fix that on day one federally. Don't worry about that. Uh, we've enacted, we've stood by the men and women in law enforcement and have done bonuses for police officers. And we've authorized the death penalty for pedophiles so that we can hold them accountable. We banned sanctuary cities, we sent support to Texas to help secure the border, and we even helped transport illegal aliens to beautiful Martha's Vineyard. And, and you know, the elites in this country, they want to impose their policies on the American people. They want to impose open borders on you, uh, but they do not want to have to face the consequences of their own policies. And so I believe taking the border and bringing it uh, to the doorstep of the elites uh, is effective. I think it's been very effective in New York City. Uh, and at the end of the day, they cannot be permitted to impose these costs and these policies on the American people and not have to face any consequences themselves. Florida now is ranked number one for economy, number one for education, number one for new business formations. We have the second lowest tax and debt ratio in America. No income tax, which you all should try sometime. Trust me, it's good. And so we're good. And of course, we had to make a decision in Florida when COVID hit, and as me as governor, you know, are you going to call the shots yourself? Uh, are you going to be willing to lead? Uh, or are you gonna subcontract your office to health bureaucrats like Dr. Fauci? And so we made the decision that we were gonna buck uh, the trend. Uh, we were gonna make sure our kids got back in school, our businesses were protected, our individuals could earn a living. Uh, and we faced huge, huge blowback 
people were attacking the media. I mean, I get attacked a lot now, but I probably got attacked even more back then. Uh, it was all about you know going after us. And I had a lot of supporters that were like, man, you're getting killed. You may want to reverse course here. But at the end of the day, a leader has got to be more concerned with protecting the jobs of the people he was elected to serve than he is about protecting his own political lives. So he stood for the right, and we got the job done. over my interest, it's not about me, I'm a vehicle as the leader uh, to be able to do all this stuff, but ultimately it's about doing what's right for the people that put you there. So we have the track record of showing, you can have a lot of confidence uh, that we're gonna be able to get the job done and, and we will do you proud uh, as President of the United States. And we have no choice but to get this done now. And I look at 2024, if the Democrats sweep, they are going to try to pack the US Supreme Court. They are going to try to abolish the Electoral College. They're going to try to make Washington, D.C. a state, and they will try to eliminate voter ID in every jurisdiction in this country. And that will put this country in a deep, deep hole. So we cannot let that happen. So the time for excuses for Republicans is over. We must get the job done. With your support, I will get the job done. Thank you all. Does the First Lady want to come up and say a few words? my wife to talk about so we talk, talked about it a lot there, but one of the things that's important is the idea of protecting parents rights and ensuring our education system is not indoctrinating kids and she has started a, a mama's movement first in Florida and now nationwide and I wanted her to be able to tell you all a little bit about that.
So one of the things the governor and I are very, very passionate about is protecting the innocence of our children and defending the rights of parents. And so we did that. A few weeks ago, we were out with your great governor. Governor Kim Reynolds is a dear friend of both of ours. And we launched Mamas for DeSantis. And Mamas for DeSantis is the largest movement of parents and grandparents in the history of this country with that simple mission. We are going to enlist people to be able to support uh, this guy who can get out there and can protect our kids and can protect the rights of parents. And so we did that in the state of Florida for his re-election. We went out to try to enlist a million moms and grandmoms. We ended up getting 1.1 million on board and a huge contingency from the villages. My dad for success because you know at the end of the day it's one thing when your policies come after us it is another thing when you are coming after our children and you are trying to use our children as a vehicle to further your agenda we won't stand for it that's not fair and we're going to fight back
that's 30, 31 counties now, 30, 31 or 32 that we've been able to, to knock out. Uh, we appreciated uh, a lot of the folks coming out um, and we're just gonna continue continue working it, continue bringing the, the message to everybody. Uh, and the response I get is pretty similar. It's like people come up to me after and just be like, oh, yeah, you know, you're really good. I'm, I'm gonna support you. I really appreciated the message. So I think we come into Iowa, people know I'm governor. Yeah, they know we've done good things. Uh, but ultimately, you deliver the message, and, uh, and and people have been responding, and so we're going to go to every community, um, and we're going to get the job done. Governor, you criticized criticize Donald Trump's personnel decisions, like Dr. Fauci, but you've had to lay off a third of your campaign staff. You switched campaign managers. You had an aide who reportedly had made a video that had so been not been symbol. How, how can what how can I've Americans? Done as an executive is you know I make decisions and hold people accountable. Um, just yesterday. We held the prosecutor accountable in Central Florida. You know, two cops got shot in the face uh, because somebody uh, was out who should not have been out. And it was her dereliction and actually intentional weak policies that caused that. And we see a lot of carnage that's happened. So we step up, you know, and we pull the trigger and we hold people accountable. And that's ultimately uh, what you have to do. You gotta be willing to hold people accountable. You know, I look at things like, you know, the FBI. We will have, as president, on day one, a new FBI director. Uh, you know, Donald Trump could have changed that uh, in his time uh, when, after he did Ray, and it didn't work out, and he should have made that decision, but he didn't. Uh, clearly, Dr. Fauci uh, should have been fired. Uh, he, he caused a lot of damage, and not only was he not fired, uh, Donald Trump gave Fauci a presidential commendation on January 19, 2021, his last day in office. Uh, and I think that that was, a, that was a, a gut punch, I think, to a lot of people who had suffered under those bad COVID policies. Did you say you would use drones on the Mexican drug cartels? I said stuff? I would use whatever force we need to to defend the country. Um, you know, they're killing tens of thousands of Americans right now. They're trafficking people into this country. They're abusing people, uh, sexual abuse. It's really the worst of humanity. Uh, I would I would categorize them as something akin to a foreign terrorist organization. I think that that's what they've proven to be. The Mexican government is not doing what they need to do to, to help with this. But we said from day one on our border announcement, we'd be willing to lean in against them and we reserve the right to defend the country. Bankrolled by his billionaire friends. You, you praised Clarence Thomas. Do you have any thoughts on the recent report? Who is this the Harlan Crow stuff? The new one with ProPublica this morning. Well, I haven't seen that. Look, I think you know, clearly there's a concerted effort uh, to try to demonize Justices Thomas and Alito in particular. Um, you know, some of these liberal, like Ginsburg, she used to do different things. So if we want to come together and say, okay, maybe there should be these rules and everyone get on the same page. That's fine, but this is being used, I think, to attack Clarence. I think it's being used to attack uh, Justice Alito. And those are two justices that have served uh, with, with honor and with integrity. Uh, they've expressed, they, they've demonstrated fidelity to the United States Constitution. They've de demonstrated fidelity to the law. And I think it's obvious why this is happening because the court has now shifted. It had previously been a court that was, you know, a little bit in the middle, slightly left. And then now with the changes uh, in the last few years, uh, you now have a court that is at least nominally six to three on, on most issues. Clarence and Sam are, are driving, you know, a lot of the a lot of the change in that direction. So they're coming under attack. And um, I think that it's manufactured. Uh, and at the end of the day, um, I think that they've all uh, done a great job. Oh, they're both very big. I mean, I think this whole, so, so yes, I mean, economy is important. We've always said that. We've always talked about it. Um, and we've articulated now, we did our Declaration of Economic Independence a couple weeks ago in New Hampshire. We've gotten great response to that. Um, but, you know, when I get questions, I get a lot of questions about the culture. I get a lot of questions about uh, leftist ideology because they see it infiltrating different institutions. And honestly, there's a connection because things like ESG, uh, that is taking ideological agenda and using the economy to try to advance it. That's bad because those policies are things that most Iowans don't support and that I don't support. But it's also the case our economy will do worse 
if it becomes a tool of political activism. We need to focus the economy on the core mission. Don't leverage that, these asset managers that are trying to leverage that to advance an agenda. In Florida, we kneecapped ESG. Uh, I, we took $2 billion from our pension fund out of management by BlackRock because they obviously had a very strong agenda on that. So I think that there is connections uh, to a lot of this stuff. Um, and honestly, with the China stuff, you know, our country is so dependent on China. Uh, we've let that happen now. I think at the, this point, anyone that doesn't recognize that, that's just ideological. You've got to recognize that uh, we need to go a different direction with respect to China. Some of the education stuff, I think, has, has been ideological. Um, why would we not want programs that are going to lead to really positive uh, workforce opportunities for students. You ain't getting that with zombie studies, and yet so many students have gone deep into debt with very poor career prospects. And so we want to reorient that. We want to focus on workforce education. Yes, four-year degrees in engineering and in, and in classic stuff, yes. But ideological studies, no. So I do think that there's a connection to all this. I don't think it's like you only do the economy, you don't worry about culture, you don't worry. No, you worry about it all. Uh, because ultimately it all it all makes a difference in people's lives and you know you saw the first lady up there talking about parents rights and education uh, that hits home to parents with young children right now because they see what's going on in a lot of the schools uh, and they just want to make sure they can send their kid to school and the kids can just be kids without having an agenda imposed on them and, and that's what we're committed to do and we will get that done thank you Well, did Governor Ron DeSantis convince you to vote for him? Hey, this episode of Southeast Iowa Today has been brought to you by Car Doctor, Griner Auto Body, Wayland State Bank, McDonald Boneyard, Henshaw Trailer Sales, Girling Repair, B&B Propane, and the family of Jet Stops. I'm your host, John Bain. Stay friendly, Southeast Iowa.